Hello and welcome to a new summer series from your good pals at ABW. We are about Camp Wonderland, an Arsenal podcast. Arsenal, remember that? I'm Chris, remember me? It's been a while, hasn't it, dear listener? Anyway, no waffling today. I'll explain why in a second. I'm joined by the legend that is Mr. Carl. Carl, how are you doing, sir? Uh, I'm not, I will never, ever in my life complain it's too hot because we don't get enough hot days in the UK. Today was lovely. However, if I could have a choice, a little bit of breeze, a small old arts for, that's it. But the heat, perfect. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Being a, being a runner is no joke this time of year. I can tell you that for sure, but more on that later as well. Uh, right, so what is this series? Well, this series is going to be over the summer. Basically, there are no rules. It is unplanned and it is entitled, as you'll probably have already seen by the title of this podcast, An Hour with ABW. What does that mean, dear listener? I hear you say, well, it is literally that, an hour. I am always accused on these shows of carpentering it. Well, no more. No more. Turning over a new leaf. I have a clock in the top right hand corner of my screen. I'm about to click go. And when I do, Carl and I will talk mostly Arsenal for an hour. And when that timer runs out, that's the end of the show. So without further ado, I'm clicking go and we're getting underway. Let's go. Right then, Carl. So uh, we're going to just talk a little bit, obviously, about kind of Arsenal news and stuff. Everybody and their uncle is doing transfer shows. Everybody and their uncle is across the players and the stats and the tactical breakdowns and the heat maps and who had McDonald's at Islington services. Not that that even exists, but, you know, everyone's doing all that. So we're just going to take the ABW approach and uh, and just sort of, you know, fire some things out there. Um, I'm going to talk to you, first of all, about the, I guess, hot off the press news. Fabio Vieira. Be honest. Do you know anything about him? Now, obviously, Chris, I don't know if you remember that in our ABW group, I said to you just before the season ended, we need to get this guy in. And I gave everyone the stats in the ABW group. And I was, I said to everyone, this is the guy we go for. And no one sort of replied to me. So I was like, okay. So, you know, now that obviously Arteta must be in our WhatsApp group, he's obviously seen what I've said. And he's gone for him. Um, no, Chris. As that every single person who's now tweeting saying, Oh, I knew no one knew shit about him. No one was ever screaming his name before bloody one o'clock today. Not one person tweeted about Fabio Vieira. The only Vieira people knew about was moaning about that we got Crystal Palace away on the first game of the season. That's the only time people were mentioning Vieira. Um, no, I, I don't know. Have I heard of him? Yes, I've heard of him. Do I know anything about him? Absolutely not. I know that he plays for Porto. I know that he's got 22, I believe. And he yeah. plays him and he plays in midfield. Beyond that, I don't know anything else about him. Well, I mean, I'll be honest as well. I know a little bit, but, you know, you, I guess you'd all expect that because I have no life and I just know st- stuff about certain players. But I completely agree with you, Carl. You're 100% right. So many people are are popping their uh, meerkat heads up at this time of year and suggesting they know all about this player when uh, the reality is they probably don't know a lot. Uh, but what we do know, as you said, he's 22. He's he's predominantly the Erdegaard of, of Porto. He's that creative kind of uh, flitting little player who plays behind the front too. He was, I believe he was named player of the tournament at the Euros. I think it was, was it 2021? It was last year, wasn't it? At the under 21 Euros. He has played for Porto, um, 27 appearances last season, 15 of those were starts. Uh, and I think I'm right in saying he, he scored six and assisted 11, I think I'm right in saying. So, yeah, and, and, he, and he predominantly plays centrally, but has that sort of option of, of drifting mostly to the right, but drifts either side as well. So, probably, I, if I was to put money on it, I would suggest he's likely to be a player who's. Yeah, going to be a, he's one for the future, but with an eye to the present, I guess. I mean, Erdegaard's not exactly old himself, so you'd like to think that he'll be, um, you know, one of those players that will get minutes potentially in Europe and, and maybe make the grade breaking through. I guess my question to you on this one, uh, keeping it quick fire as we are, does it excite you? Do, is it a player, you know, is it is it sort of somebody like, is it another, um, Albert Sambi Lukonga, you know, where everyone gets very excited and then ultimately we don't see a lot of him, or is there a bit more to it to to look forward to, in your opinion, on this one? I'd like to think there's a bit more to look forward to. You don't spend 30, 
you shouldn't spend £35 million on the player without having to play them. Like you said, Odegaard is our Odegaard and we've talked of him being the captain next season, which we'll talk about later. Surely he's going to be the number one starter. But what I think people need to understand what's different from last season is that we're going to have more games this season. And this season, with the World Cup being how it is, it's going to be so messed up. You know, the, the way that we're playing, we can't, we're going to literally have a game every single week from now, almost until the World Cup. We 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 saw last season that our players were physically tired. And that's we're playing one game a season, uh, one game a week, sorry. So, you know, going forward, we're going to be flying here, there, about Europe. So we need to have a little bit of squad rotation, something that we didn't have last season. So, yeah, it excites me. Any new player coming into Arsenal excites me because as an Arsenal supporter, and as everyone should, you support the players that come into the squad, no matter who it is, even if you don't like them, because there's a reason why they're coming to play for Arsenal. So, yeah, it does excite me. Yeah, fair point, fair point. And on the same lines of as regards to recruits, and obviously Vieira is, is unconfirmed at this stage, a lot of people who, who are very much in the know, uh, and, and those the genuine ones, not the ones who just, you know, read up on things and pretend they do. But those who are in the, in the know suggest it's quite advanced. What, talk to me about Gabriel Jesus. I mean, I know, as I know, it's kind of old news. It's it's almost like the un the unspoken word, isn't it? Where people are just going, "Well, is it? Is it not?" You know, there's other clubs interested. Let, let's just hypothetically say he was the one um, to come in and spearhead Arsenal's sort of, you know, be the number nine. I'll be honest with you. When it when it was first mooted that we were interested, I was a little bit like, "Yeah, uh, yeah." Are we just looking at sloppy seconds from Man City? But then I kind of gave my head a wobble and I went, "Well." To be fair to him, he's never really been the number nine at City, has he? He's never been the guy. He's always been second fiddle to to Aguero or in, in De Bruyne's shadows or, you know, played at left wing back by Pep or some random place. Um, he hasn't really been given that out and out shot. And the one thing I was listening to a podcast and somebody was saying, like, why would he go to Arsenal? Like, why, why would why would he step down, quote unquote? Well, for starters, London. You know all about it. Um, but I, I would say, secondly, he's got the opportunity to come in and, and be the guy, the guy who plays week in, week out. Hypothetically, he comes in. Does Is is that a signing that you think, is it, is, that, is he enough to say he's Arsenal's number nine, he's the one that, that we put our, our our backing on for the, for the season ahead? Is, is he the missing piece, if you like? Um, whether he's the missing piece or not um, will be, remain to be seen. However, does that excite me? Again, yes, it does. Like you said, he's never really been given a chance to shine. Even when sort of Man City never had a striker last season, he still wasn't really given the out-and-out number nine because there were times when, you know, Man City would play with a front three of Sterling, um, Foden and like Grealish. Like, so who's your main striker there? So, you know, I think Pep tried to do this Spain, oh, when did Spain win the World Cup? Oh, eight? when they didn't play with a striker. So, um, yeah, it excites me. And I think he will be given a great opportunity. And like you said, why would he come to Arsenal? Because he's now he now knows he is going to be the main striker at Arsenal. He's going to play week in, week out. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy that he's coming. Do I think it's enough? I, I would like to see another tall striker because if you think of him and Eddie, and it looks like Eddie is staying um, that's two small little strikers. You know, it's known that we don't do well with big, burly centre-backs. So, you know, I'd like to see if the small inter-feet striker's not working or over the top, then we have a, a big man up top. Um, again, a Calvert-Lewin-esque player um, to come in as well. But yeah, Gabriel, I think it's... He does excite me. I think I'd love to see him in an Arsenal shirt because I do think he'll do well because of the players playing behind him. You know, we've got Odegaard, Saka, Smithrow, Martinelli playing all behind him. If we had a good, decent striker last season, you know, would we have got top four? I genuinely believe we would have. I think we, that was just a missing piece. Mm, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. You mentioned Eddie uh, in that in that sort of uh, breakdown as well. What, what's your thoughts on this situation? I, I know a lot of people... Um, I know this is unusual for Arsenal fans to throw their toys out the pram. It never happens. But uh, there was muted figures of 100k. Um, I, I will never forget Sir John of Welsh. Um, and I always refer back to him whenever this sort of quote comes out because he's absolutely spot on. 
I don't care how much we pay our players because it ain't my money. So I don't give a monkeys. Uh, if they want to pay Eddie and Ketty 100 grand a week, uh, good on Eddie and Ketty and his agent. I say that that's some very shrewd business for 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 what he's done th- thus far. Um, putting his money and his wage aside, though, and assuming that doesn't affect us getting other targets, do you want Eddie as your backup slash competing striker? Or this is assuming Jesus comes in. Or do you want Arsenal to, to, to chuck the money around a bit more? There's talk of Victor Ossiman who I know well from Lille, and he's been at Napoli for the last two seasons. Or do you want us, as you said, you mentioned Calvert-Lewin there, are you more inclined to go for the uh, the Giroud, if you will, the, the 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 guy with a presence who potentially gives you another option? Yeah, um, I do. I, I think that we can't just have these little strikers. We have to go for uh, a, quote-unquote, six-foot-plus striker, because I think we need a different way of playing sometimes, you know, with someone like Keir Tierney, he will cross ball after ball after ball into the box and the same uh, if Suarez ever plays them, as Suarez at right back as well. So I think we have the option. So yeah, I would like to see us go for another big man or tallest striker, but I don't have a problem with Eddie Nketiah. He showed towards the back of the end of last season how effective he can be. And with the cost of living, today's 100K is yesterday's 60K. Like, genuinely, <laughs> this sounds silly, like me saying this, like, oh, to the likes of you and I and all our listeners, 100K is kind of nothing nowadays. So, you know, it's it, it's nothing. So, paying Eddie 100K, if he signs a, I don't know what, a five-year contract at 100K, you'll probably find out in the next couple of years that's very, very good business. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I um, and for what it's worth, I think I think you're right. I think re- realistically, I think at the start of the summer, I I thought we needed six players, um, in in sort of three different categories: two youngsters, uh, two fringe players or two squad players, and two marquee signings. And um, that hasn't changed in my mind so far. And, and I exclude Matt Turner and Austin Trusty. Is that his name? I exclude those two because they were kind of already done. Um, but I would include Marquinhos, who's come in uh, as probably one of the youngsters who I'd be sort of happy with. Um, again, and this is where I will 100% hold my hands up. I hadn't heard or seen a lot of Marquinhos. I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, Brasileiro is not a league I follow particularly closely. It's hard to find these days. But um, again, Brazilian winger. I mean, you know, it's always a bit exciting, isn't it? Uh, it, it, it does also make you wonder if maybe Edu's dug down the back of the sofa and gone oh this guy sounds a bit fun but um yeah I mean he has the he has the look and the sort of the the stats of a youngster who could be quite exciting are we looking at maybe another potential Martinelli somebody that takes a couple of seasons to settle and then becomes uh an influential player do you think I mean let's hope so you know I think it, it, you know when Arsene Wenger used to do it pick these little gems up and everyone would be like who the hell was that and then somehow you know Turn out to be an absolutely brilliant player, you know, an Elka, uh, just to say, at least. Um, yeah, like these players who come in that you've never heard of before come in and you're like, oh my God, like, where did we find him? Like, sometimes I think that Arsenal kind of set the trend with that. And that's why a lot of these players that we could have got, other teams sort of have beat us to it, literally just because. They know how good that our scouting network was, or how how good Arsene Wenger's knowledge of you know the French league was, and that's why we was able to pick up these players, Vieira, Enel Carr, you know, just absolutely brilliant. So uh, Patrick, not Fabio, but um, yeah, um, I, I'm 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 cautiously optimistic about going forward. I think that so far, if we do get the players who we've been linked to over the line, I think it's good. Do I think that we need a little bit more? Yes, I do think we need another striker. I do think we need um, another fullback, either left or right. I know there's talk of the guy, the Scottish uh, guy, which names escapes me from Bologna. Aaron Hickey. Yes, there's talk of him coming in. Um, and I think people just need to just chill out a little. I mean, we're only, what, not 16 days into the transfer window? Come on, like, you know what I mean? There's, there's time and... I understand that the season starts a little bit earlier, but you're forgetting that a lot of players are on holiday right now. 
the, the nation's stupid nation's league has just finished, which is preposterous. Um, so these players are now who have played like 70, 75 games a season, need a rest. And they're probably thinking to themselves, you know what? The last thing I want to think about right now is football. I want to go away with my family, go to a beach somewhere, go to a hot country or wherever, just relax. And then when I get back, my agent can be dealing with the football talk. So you probably might see things slow down within the next two weeks because players will be away. They're not going to fly back to sign a contract to do whatever. So, yeah, um, we are getting there. And one thing I don't want to do is compare ourselves to that lot up the road. Just because they bought a lot of players, people are just like throwing their toys out of the pram. Don't worry about them. Like That's them. Like, just worry about Arsenal. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we'll uh, maybe touch on that in a second, actually. Uh, one thing's for sure, if, if Aaron Higgy does come in, uh, he'll be sure to leave a mark. I'm here all week. Uh, let's move on to um, potential departures because you know there's there's incomings, of course. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll we'll bleed one more incoming into a potential departure. Let me let me put you this question: If we were to to potentially secure a deal for Yuri Tielemans, which that as more days go on, the more and more it's, it seems that the clubs are in negotiation, there does seem to be quite a bit of smoke without fire there. Does that spell the end for your best mate and mine, Mr. Granite Xhaka? Or uh, or is this uh, sort of a player to come in in addition to Xhaka, do you think? I think we need to look at numbers. So whether Granite Xhaka, um, how many central midfielders do we potentially need? So at the moment on our books, we have Thomas Partey, Lokonga, uh, Xhaka, potentially mm-hmm. Tillemans, potentially... Um, uh, Vieira, sorry. So, do we need all of those certain midfielders? Depending, technically, on... Maitland Niles as well. I, I he's going to go, I presume, but he's technically yeah. still and Terreira, yeah. Technically, yeah. And Terreira, yeah. So, you know, do we need all the central midfielders? Probably no. If you're only playing with a two, mm, I'm probably going to say no. We 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 don't. Um, I. This is going to sound so weird. I want to keep Granit Xhaka, but not for his footballing, not for footballing reasons. I want to keep him because I think he's a really good captain. Like he's a leader, and I don't know how many of them we have at the football club at the moment because we have quite a young squad. Um, but you know, let's be honest with you. If Roma or a another came in with a fifteen million, ten million pound bid, would we turn it down? I think we would probably look at it a lot and think to yourself, you know, he's got, what, two years left on his contract now? He's mm. given all he can to us. Would we let him go? I would say yes. I think anything over 10, 15 million, we'd, we'd probably sell him. Do you think there's maybe an element with him that maybe he might want something fresh as well? Because I, I, I read and and listen to a lot of people who say, you know, oh, should we keep him, should we not? I mean, I'm not going to bang on about my views. I think people know by this point that I'm not the biggest fan. But, um, but you know, no denying he, he was quite influential in a lot of games last season. He did he did put in some very good performances. Um, he spoke out both positively and negatively throughout his career at Arsenal. But is is there an argument for him to say, well, actually, you know, you're you're kind of bidding on all these midfielders. I wouldn't mind something fresh myself. You know, I don't know how old was he. Is he thirty? Is he in his thirty? Yeah, twenty nine, thirty. He's up there, isn't he? Yeah, he, he must be about thirty. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. Yeah, of course he does. He he must look at it and think, you know, he must go to Mikel Teta and say, you know, am I going to start this season? Is your plan to start me or is it to start Tillemans and Partey? If so, then I'm going to go. I mean, let's face it, even if he didn't play a game between now and the World Cup, he's got Bustetson in the World Cup? Yes. He's still going to play. Like, he's, he's their captain. He's their number one talisman. So Switzerland, he's definitely in that squad. However, you know, he's still going to be saying to himself, you know, I, I need to play games. I want to stay fit for the World Cup because that's what everyone's really going to be looking for, aren't they? Like, that's why I think, um, just to go back, but Jesus is going to want to come to us because if he can play week in, week out, you know, there's a chance that he could get a start. He's going to be in the World Cup squad, but there's a chance it could be a starter for Brazil because I know he's not at the moment. So, yeah, you know what? Um like I said, I want Brandon Xhaka to stay, but not for footballing reasons. Uh, I would love him. I would love him to be a coach at Arsenal. Like absolutely love it. But 
I, I, I wouldn't, I mean, he's got a young family, he's just had a baby, isn't he? And maybe they're settled in London. So that's another thing to look at, to move them on to, I guess if he went back to Germany, he'd be fine, but to move them to Italy, another country, would they settle? Who knows? But I would, if I got a 15 million pound bid for him, I'd sell him. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I'm I'm in the same camp. I just, it, I say it's not personal. I just, uh, you know, I've never met the guy. I just, I just have always felt and continue to feel that we could do better. Um, and I think Tielemans is is a different option that worries me slightly, and that we don't really have an out and out defensive midfielder barring Moel Nene now, which is which is a, a flex. Um, so maybe maybe Arteta's just going to say, Do you know what no defence, all vibes, and just, you know, just chuck it all out the next season. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But, yeah, unless Partey is going to be converted into a more defensive midfield player, which I know a lot of people think he is. He, he, he's not. You know, he, he's a creative. Um, yeah, he's a ball winner. He's a big physical presence, but he's a creator as well. So it'd be interesting to see how those two dovetail, if indeed they do. And the one thing I would say about Shaka is he has always brought out the best in in Partey's game, um, well, not always, but the majority of times, so has to be taken into consideration. Other departures, I think it's a given that we know quite a few are going to go. I mean, we mentioned Torreira there, we mentioned Maitland-Niles. Any others that you either can see going or or would quite happily sort of not push off the pavement, um, but, you know, <laughs> push out the door? Pe- or... I think Pepe, I think his time at Arsenal's finished, just because mm. you could tell by last season... What did he play in the in the running? He played what literally four or five games. There were times when he came on the football pitch for five minutes. He never played more than about fifteen minutes. I think it's not really worked out for him. And whether that's his fault, the changing of managers, who knows? We, there's probably a number of reasons that he hasn't worked out. I think people look at his price tag, and we kind of know that the price tag probably wasn't a true reflection of his actual worth. But obviously there's a reason why certain people are not at the club anymore because of uh, certain deals, allegedly. Um, so, yeah. So I think Pepe definitely will leave. But the problem is we're going to take a absolutely huge loss on Pepe. But, you know, what is Arsenal without taking a loss on players? That's what we do now, isn't it? So, yeah, whether... Where he goes, I don't know. I don't know if he goes back to France. I don't know if he goes to Italy. Who knows? Stays in the Premier League. I don't know. But, yeah, I think his time at Arsenal is is definitely finished. Problem is, with the loss that you take on him, we still owe Lille money. So, Mm. no matter what we bring in for him, like he could have left for... I heard Arsenal say it is he could leave for less than what we still owe for him to Lille, which is yeah, absolutely bananas. Like <laughs> thinking that, but you know, it just hasn't worked out for him. And I know he was massive in France before he came. You know, he wasn't the top scorer in league on the season yeah. that he came to us, or or yeah. up there in the charts. But sometimes moves just don't work out for players. It just, you know, what I mean, it's just one of those things. Whose fault is it? Is it Arteta's? Is it is it Pepe's? Is it Emre's? No one knows. Who knows? But for him to revive his career, yeah, I think it's time for our Mr. Pepe to depart. I think I think the biggest problem that, that Pepe had, I think it's a culmination of things both on and off the field for for him and others. And I feel I th- I think the problem that he had is that Arteta has never trusted him. I think I think I think if you ask Mikel himself you know, when he leaves. I think he probably would tell you that himself. Um, his lifestyle off the pitch has got, you know, some people question it. I think, to be honest, I think he's just a modern footballer in that he's, you know, a bit of a prat. Um, but, um, you know, he, he hasn't done anything libelous, I should I should stress, but there's some suggestions that he, you know, he likes a bit of a party and is is a little bit too laid back in, in the sort of uh, chill life, shall we say. Maybe he doesn't dedicate himself enough. But but I also kind of don't blame him a little bit because I do sort of think, you know, you're the marquee signing. You come in under a, a blazing light. He he didn't d- dictate his transfer fee, as you rightly said. He didn't, uh, you know, allegedly push some money into a brown envelope that went to various directions, allegedly. Um, that's not his fault. He was never really given, not only was he not given a full chance in the first team, he wasn't really given a chance in the role that he would have excelled at, which is what you said there with the Lille role anywhere across the front three and give him the license. Um, and unfortunately, 
you know, whether you like it or you don't like it, Mikel is very much about players who are disciplined to do the jobs that he asks them to do. And if you don't do those jobs, you probably aren't going to play and you're probably going to get sold. So, yeah, uh, I think that's fair to say he will probably move on. Um, I do also want to tip my hat to to Alex Lacazette, who I haven't been on a pod since he's left. Um, I'm really pleased for him, actually. I, I don't know about you, but, um, you know, he's he's a good egg. And I felt like I think if he'd have stayed, if he'd have, even if he'd have had another contract, I think it would have been one year too many. And I think people would have got on his back and it would have been a bit messy. Uh, I'm really glad that he's got the opportunity to go back to his sort of spiritual home in Lyon. Um, and I wish him well. I think he'll do fine in, in Leon. You know, he's, he's got a goal scoring record over there and I think he'll enjoy his time. But um, yeah, I did just want to give him a mention in passing and thank you. Thank him for those, those good memories. Talking about our, um, our rivals uh, and I'll, I'll just lump them in to, to sort of a category. I think we probably both agree Man City and Liverpool are, are over the hill and gone. I'm not really interested in them because <laughs> <laughs> what's the point? But um, if, if we put Chelsea uh, that lot up the road and Man United into a box uh, and, and just discuss them, I mean, who of the three worry you the most and why? Um, I never thought I'd ever say this ever in my life, but that lot do seem to look like they've got their shit together, which is flipping annoying. Give it time. Um, give it time. Yeah, yeah. I'll, don't get it wrong. <laughs> yeah, and especially I, I'm I'm really happy about the quotes from Huming Song's dad, who um, said, "For his son to get to the next level, he needs to leave Spurs." So hopefully, if Real Madrid come in with a stupid bid or PSG, something like that, um, come in with a stupid bid for him and they accept it. But you know, sadly, it looks like they've got the best. I don't care what anyone says. That's as a football fan, you have to just admit. They do have the best strike force, I guess, in the Premier League, don't they? Like, let's be honest. Um, for some reason, Son and Kane just seem to work. They do. Um, so that's the reason why I didn't win the fantasy football last season. And Dirty Ellis had Spurs <laughs> players in his uh, fantasy football. I mean, squad. what do you say about that guy? I mean, <laughs> I mean fuck Ellis, isn't it? Like, Basically, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they do look like they've got their shit together. I still think they're probably vulnerable at the back a little bit, if I'm really honest. So if they add some defenders, I'll probably be a little bit, hmm, uh, you know. Um, Lorries, how, how many years has he got left in him? Is he still the keeper that he was? I know he's still Francis number one, but he's, I don't think he's, spectacular and maybe that might be their downfall but going forward their forward line it does look it does look a bit a little bit worrying especially with Conte as well looks like he knows how to coach them and how to manage them I'm just hoping that the expectation of playing in the Champions League will kind of throw their mind a little bit so their league form kind of falters a little bit Chelsea they've lost their sugar daddy so they can't spend the money that they could spend they can't, it just can't happen. And we've talked of Lukaku sort of twerking for Inter and wants to go back over there. You know, who are Chelsea really going to buy? Especially if it's a loan deal, Chelsea don't have the £100 million now to go and spend for on another striker. So who are they going to get? Um, they've got a, an astronomical wage bill and they've still got to replace people like Rudiger, um, who I think is was one of the best defenders at Chelsea. So you're looking at a 38-year-old Thiago Silva. Uh, Christensen's now gone. Who's the other defender? I just can't remember. That's quite a contract, isn't he? That's a contract, but he'll probably sign another one. Marcus um, Alonso, is he going? He's off, isn't he? He should have got his job. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and you've got um, Trevor Chalabar. Chalabar, yeah. Yeah, so he's good. So, you know, even Chelsea's defensive is looking a little bit, mm, a little bit, you know, and they've got to spend some serious money, but they don't have that money anymore. Man United, who the fuck knows? You know, they haven't... <laughs> with Man United, it just makes... It annoys me because they looks like they're doing nothing and then all of a sudden they'll pull out like three or four players because they'll probably sign De Jong from Barcelona because it looks like Barcelona needs to waste something like 500 million, don't they, for them to yeah. stay in business, something like that. Um, there's talk of 
who else Man United linked with? There was a striker they're linked with, but I can't remember who. They want Ericsson as well, don't they, apparently? Yeah, so if they get Ericsson because they've got to replace, I guess, Paul Pogba. Yeah. Um, because he's left. So out of everyone, I'm gonna say probably that lot up the road worried me a little bit. <laughs> Chelsea, I just I probably say this with tongue in cheek, but I think we can get above Chelsea next season. I honestly do. It just depends on who they replace Lukaku with, don't they? Um, yeah. I think. But and, I, and, United, and, and I should give a little shout out to all those people that, that laughed at me when uh, when Lukaku came back to the Premier League and told me that uh, he was world-class and was going to be sensational again. And I'm just going to sit here and go, all right, how did that work out for you guys? Fraud. Anyway, um, and I support Inter, so, you know. Uh, but anyway... Some some players just suit leagues, and uh, he suits a, a bog standard league like Serie. Anyway, before I upset John, let's move on. Um, yeah, Man United. I think just to address that myself, I think Man United worry me the most, just purely because they are literally a box of god knows what, aren't they? Uh, I just sort of feel like I feel like Ten Hag is a good fit there, and that worries me slightly. Their their summer business. I mean, ultimately, whatever way you look at it, they are going to be spearheading their strikers with a 39-year-old, you know, as good as he is, um, both in and out of court, um, I allegedly, he <coughs> he will score goals, um, but he can't do it forever, uh, just like Harry Kane can't do it forever for that lot up the road. So I do think they're going to need to add to that. But my slight concern with United is the sort of players they're being linked with. Um, I'm going to put Danny van der Beek into my fantasy team next year because I think you'll see a different player. Uh, under Ten Hag because he he got it, the best out of him at Ajax and if they do add Ericsson they're basically re- rebuilding the Ajax midfield with De Jong as well and some of the other players they've been linked with I mean Rafa Varane can't be that bad again um, you know the, David De Gea is still a consistent keeper yes there's a lot of work to do there and it could all fall flat on their faces but I don't think you can rule them out Spurs like you said I mean it's Spurs uh, I've never I, I've never once sat on this podcast and given them any credit I'm not going to start now wouldn't say I'm worried about them because um, they're Spurs, but and I'm certainly not concerned that they're signing Basuma. I know a lot of people lost their shit over that yesterday. I don't know why. <laughs> I just don't. He's a good player. He's a very good player, but he's nothing more than a good player. And uh, as I tweeted the other day, um, talked to me about Tangay on Dumbele. How did that work out for them? Not very well. And then as for Chelsea, they're an unknown quantity, aren't they? I mean, it, this new owner, I mean, he's, he's clearly still got a bit of money. There's talk there. There's talk of them bringing in Jules Kunde, who's who is a very good centre half, uh, a French international from Sevilla. I think if they get that one over the line, him and Thiago Silva weirdly will be quite a good partnership because it's it's old and young, experience and and minimal uh, experience and medium experience, if you will, um, athleticism and an old head together. So that could work out. And then, like you said, for them, you know, they need a striker, don't they? Um, I think yeah, I think you'll probably see Timo Werner stay but I could I could imagine them playing him wide uh, alongside you know one, one of Zayac and Pulisic wide and then move Mason out into the 10 and then they might go all in for a striker but who that striker is going to be God knows there is one other X factor in the room and again we're eliminating Chelsea and Man City uh, sorry Liverpool Man City from this conversation um, talk to me about um, uh, Tuni Arabia uh, sorry Newcastle <laughs> What, what, where do you stand? I mean, it, we, we could go down a big rabbit hole here. I mean, we've we've got half an hour, but where do you stand on where they are, where they're going to be? They seem to be making good signings, I will say that much, but we can't overlook all the crap that's going on to get them into the position they're in. Are they a, a legit challenger as early as next season? We all agree they're going to challenge at some point, but... Could they do it next season in terms of... So I, I said to... I think Josh and I were having a conversation. And I said to the, I said to Josh, they are going to be contenders. There's no doubt they're going to be contenders because they are splashing cash like nobody's business. And the problem is, Eddie Howe will get fired at some point. There's no mm. doubt about that. And my fear is they bring in Mourinho... And Mourinho knows how to win because he's going to be that guy. And you say to Mourinho, hi, hi Jose, there's a blank checkbook. Who who do you want? He's going to go and splash the cash and buy him, him and everyone um, under the dog. Do I think they're going to be a, a challenge for 
next season, top four? Probably not. However, I, I think we need to understand that when Eddie Howe came in, they hadn't won a game in nine games and they were rock solid bottom of the Premier League and ended up ninth. That's, you've got to give credit. And how Eddie Howe didn't win manager of the season, I don't know. Um, how somebody came second in the title race from manager of the season, I don't know. Eddie Howe done a very good job there. A very good job. And I can't, and I think you can't underestimate that. The problem is, like you know, um, Chris, if a average player that's coming to England and you're going to sign him and you say, yeah, then somehow Newcastle think, oh, do you know what? We could do something like that. They haven't even scouted him, but they know of him. They go for a bid and they can get what the club is asking for and double the wages um, of the player, kind of what um, Chelsea done when Abramovich first came there. Players at the moment are going to go for money. They're not going to say it. They're going to go for money. And if you say, just like with uh, Reno Gramirez, uh, I'm sure there was links to Arsenal. I don't know how strong the links were. He could probably um, talk on that more than I can. But, you know, this guy who's probably never heard of Newcastle before, let's be honest, Newcastle are a big team in England, outside England. No one's fucking heard of them. <laughs> and if you, and I have no doubt that his wages were probably tripled um, from France to, to come to England. And who's not going to, like, let's face it, Chris, if a, you're, if a company come to you and said, Mr. Carpenter, we're going to triple your wages, you can come and work for us, you're going to be like, where the fuck do I sign? Like everyone. So, <sighs> Newcastle will challenge. And I think Newcastle will probably go out for a cut just to show that, you know, you know we're, we're, we're really about this. Do I think they'll challenge top four? No. Do I think they'll be in the top six, seven to try and get a European place next season? Yeah. I think the money they're spending, surely the owners will say, we need to get into Europe at somehow. Mm. I think I think the, the the Eddie Howe point is a really good one because not there's not just Jose Mourinho, but there's also um, Rizzo Fraudatino, who's now available. Um, so, And I think he's tailor-made for that job. You oh know, yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Put him into a, a sort of a mid-tier club like he was at Spurs, and um, yeah, for, for all his faults, and and he has many. Trust me, um, it, it would be a good, it would be a good club for him. Because, he, mix. because Eddie Howe only signed like a two and a half year contract, so and I guarantee yeah. his wage isn't up there. So Eddie Howe loses like two games in a row. Mm. That's the impetus, and you probably say, okay, cool, we get rid of you. Hi, Pochettino, come in, and there you go. So, yeah, you're probably right about that one. Here's a, here's a prediction for you. Eddie Howe gets the bullet by Christmas because Newcastle aren't necessarily performing. England, fuck up the World Cup. I mean, that's standard. I had to. I had to. I'm very hungry. Anyway, um, and uh, Graham Potter leaves Brighton, manages England, and Eddie Howe goes to Brighton down on the south coast. There you go. Perfect triumvirate. All set into a nice place. All, all perfectly lined up there. So um, that's what I think is going to happen, but we shall see. Okay. Um, and just in, in general, let's maybe we'll just touch on the uh, – we, we all take some questions, by the way, so um, I'll let you uh, pick out a few of those if you like. Oh, we'll probably save the last 10 minutes for questions. So we've got about, about 10 minutes before we get to that, that point in time. Fixture list, uh, you're a, a regular – Arsenal visitor, if you will. Uh, tell me about season ticket prices and uh, fixture list for next season. We're playing Palace on the opening day, away from home under the lights. I'm sure Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher are wet at the thought of that one. I'm sure there's going to be a fantastic evening when they inevitably roll us over and Vieira's doing laps of the pitch. But uh, what's your what's your thoughts ahead of the next season? And you don't have to tell you know the listeners, but would you say the season ticket prices reflect where we are as a club or what you're having to pay to go to games now? Uh, probably, of course not. But the problem is the world is in a financial crisis and everyone needs money. Um, football, I think we've, there's kind of a... Arsenal season ticket is different to everyone else because you get cup games with the season ticket and no other season ticket you do. You just get your bog standard 19 home games for the league. Arsenal won't incorporate six season um, six um, cup games and that's why our season tickets are so high. So everyone looks at it and says, oh my God, you have to pay over a £1,000 for a season ticket for Arsenal. Yes, because you get more 
games with it. So more games equals a higher price. Sadly, football clubs are not immune to the cost of living crisis in the world, but it's a supply and demand thing. You know, we they supply football, we demand it, so they demand the higher money. It's just the way of life, sadly. Um, so, you know, it's either you pay it or you don't. You know, just be honest. Just be very, very honest. Going to football games is a luxury. You don't have to go to football games. It's an enjoyment factor, you know. I would much rather, you know, put money in my gas bill or heating bill or pay my car insurance or my mortgage. But, you know, sometimes you need a break from reality. And <laughs> hear me, this is me talking about Arsenal, trying to in- improve my um, enjoyment. I know, Jesus Christ, like, <laughs> my words, like, could have fit a worse club. But you know what? It's Whether Arsenal win or Arsenal lose, it's still something to talk about, camaraderie, I've made some good friends supporting Arsenal. So it's an enjoyment. The fixture list, do you know what? We have to play we have to play the other 19 teams in the league at some stage. So whether we play them at the first game of the season, whether we play them the last game of the season, shit, it is what it is, isn't it? Like, what can you do? You have to play these games. You can look at the fixture list and scrutinize them. Of course we are, because in April, I'm sure we're playing Man City and Chelsea back to back. And I think we've got Liverpool in there somewhere as well. I'm sure I saw that. Yeah, um, I think you're right, yeah. My issue, I guess, if, I, if I'm going to have one gripe about the uh, um, fixture list, and it's definitely not about playing Palace first game of the season under the lights. Like I said, if we're, we're Arsenal Football Club, if we are worried about playing Crystal Palace away on a Friday night, then fuck me, we have really, really regressed as a football club. So... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's it's for me. It's one of those things. My issue is why is it that we always have to play Spurs away the second half of the season? Why can we never play Spurs at home? Spurs away first, and then play them at home afterwards. That's my mm. only issue. That's that really pisses me off. But do you know what the running is? Is where it is like we've got. I think April is a is going to be a really hard month. We've got. Liverpool away, we've got West Ham at home, we've got um, Man City away, we've got, sorry, Man City away, Chelsea at home. That, uh, that April is a very, very hard April, but hopefully uh, we've got the league wrapped up by March, would you say, Chris? Like, surely at yeah. home, to, probably home to Palace, like we'll probably wrap it up by then? Yeah, yeah, it should be done by then. Yeah, job, jobs are good and happy days, we'll move on, you know? Yeah, so like Danny's got it on the screen for anyone watching on YouTube. Um, you know, you look at even October, um, home to Tottenham and home to Liverpool, that's hard as well. Same um, at home to Man City as well. So, you know, but at the end of the day, like I said, Chris, we have to play these games some way, somehow. So, mm. fuck it. Like, Get them done. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. The key for me is a good start. I mean, you look at, you know, you look at August and you, and you look at those three home games in particular. Um, and arguably the two away. Palace away is never easy. Like, let's get it right. But as you rightly said, we shouldn't be afraid of it. You know, Leicester at home. Leicester will be better next season, you would think. Bournemouth are a freshly promoted club, as are Fulham at home. And then Villa, I think they're going to be better. They've made a couple of good signs. Diego Carlos is a really good pickup. But from that August fixture of five, you, you would be looking at us hopefully taking at least three, maybe four wins from that. Uh, and getting off to a better start because we never really fully recovered from those three defeats at the start of last season. Um, yeah, OK, we did really well to get where we were in the end, but you do look back at that and think, oh, what if? So, uh, yeah, and a couple of interesting fixtures sandwiched in the middle of that as well. Um, I mean, I would love to see the Europa League sort of swapped in there, so who we've got. I haven't, I haven't looked yeah. to see the Europa League days just to see who we've got after we... Um, and we, had, and we haven't had the draw yet, have we? So I mean, we, we could be playing in bloody, you know, like deep northern is, Afghanistan yeah. or somewhere. I mean, it could be yeah. literally anywhere in a midweek. I was going to say so, deep duck is Moscow, but... Well, that, that too, that's yeah. Not, <laughs> Although that's I suppose not, we won't well, be going to Russia. No, 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 no that's not going to happen. That's what I was saying. No. No, that's not going to happen. But do you kind of get me that it could be still a long journey to, to come back? So yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, even, even a midweek trip to somewhere, you know, like it's sort of furthest away in Scandinavia or any of those trips unless it is literally sort of France Spain Germany it's going to be a it's going to be a trip and and these some of the players we've got now are not used to that I know we've got 
some of the youngsters played in that Europa League campaign a couple of years ago and a bit bit more used to it. But there's going to be plenty of players that aren't used to it. Hence, we need that that little bit I, of. Uh, I, would never, I would never moan about having to play in Europe. Like I would oh, no. play in Europe every day of the week. So. Yeah, and this is why you, like you said, Chris, this is why we have we need players and have a squad rotation for mm-hmm. games like this. So and potentially yeah, a winnable tournament as well. I mean, you know, if you look at it, it's potentially winnable if we get through the the first few stages, which you, you'd like to think we would. Um, so yeah, and the best part is we get to uh, have BT coverage, so that'll be great. I can't wait for Michael Owen to talk bollocks again. Um, yeah. one one other question that's asked and related before we just do a little bit of any other business. Kits, your fan this year? What do you reckon? Um, I I like people don't, but I like a collar on a home kit. Mm, I've so always I. always have Fair done. So the home kit I like that pink kit is looking very sexy. I can't like yeah, so it's a black one. Both of them. So I I haven't got the home one, and I won't get the home one. Will I get the black one? Definitely. Um, will I get the pink one? Maybe, but the black one definitely. I think Arsenal yeah. done well this season. Like, um, it, they do look very, very nice. Uh, but if there's one thing you can, there's one thing you can rely on Adidas for. It, it's bring out some some good merchandise at, at key points to throughout the season. So if we if oh, we yeah. lose the first three again, expect a fourth kit by the end of August. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying after Palace away, somehow they're going to release a new retro training top. Like they've yeah. sort of lined up for certain key end points of the season. So the, the high yeah, you know or something. Yeah. Yeah, but nah, I, I, I like them. We are a marketing dream. We are a marketing dream. But yeah, like you, I'm, uh, I, I don't mind the home kit. Um, and I, I do like the fact we have red socks again. I'm very happy with that. Uh, we, we always had too much white in these bloody kits. Uh, I don't like it. So um, the hoops was nice, but the red socks, I'm a big fan of that. So as they are. Danny's just put the three kits on the screen again. And uh, yeah, that pink one is is a little bit spicy. Uh, right, before we take some questions for the last 10 minutes, uh, just a very quick any other business because you know abw we can talk about whatever we want so we're gonna uh top gun did you see it have you seen it what do you reckon haven't seen it uh i won't see it oh just because i'm not i'm not a top gun fan. i'm not really i'm a tom cruise fan i like jack reacher jack reacher was a very good film both of them um mm. no, no i'm not really top gun was not really my era he's a bit before my time um, so no, I probably will not see it. Mm, you're missing out. You're missing out. What about Jurassic Park? Are you gonna are you gonna venture out for that one? I I was really excited about it, and then I've heard the reviews are all a bit crap, so I'm a bit worried. But I'm gonna go and see it next week. I think I probably will. I probably will go see Jurassic Park. It's funny fact. I went to a Woburn Safari Park a little while ago on a date, and anyone who's seen Woburn Safari Park, it's just basically you get in your car and you drive around, and there's all these animals and monkeys climb on your car and all sorts. But there's a bit where you go into like these the lions then. And I said to the, the girl that I was with, like, this literally looks like Jurassic Park because <laughs> you drive in, the gates close behind you, and then the gates open in front of you. And I was like, I'm just waiting for a T-Rex to literally just <laughs> come out of somewhere, I can pick my car up and throw it. And it's quite scary. <laughs> like, Weber Safari Park is, is a great place, but it literally just looks like Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah. I say I've, I've heard very mixed things, but um, I'll, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. There's, there's a few good films. I, I, I'm quite looking forward to that Elvis. Um, that Elvis. Uh, what, what do they call those docu docu films or bio, biopics? Or yeah, it looks quite good. I, I'm a big fan of. Um, I saw the one. Was it Rocket Man? The one about Elton John. Really good. Really good film. Went in with like no real expectations. It was really good. So, uh, but yeah, even if you're not a Top Gun fan, I, I would recommend it. Um, even if you just download it uh, by whatever means you might need I to. I would say there's a TV series that people need to watch and it's called um, We Own This City. And if you mm. haven't watched it, I am begging you, watch it. It is flipping brilliant. I was meant to ask Femi if he's watched it because I know Femi's a, a fan of um, TV shows, but We Own This City. If you like The Wire, which is, I'm not, I'm not having no arguments about this, The Wire is the greatest TV show ever made. Um, he's literally just said that Fem in the chat he's literally said those exact words yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly see Femi knows Femi knows, knows. The Wire greatest TV show ever made um, if you like The Wire watch Own This We Own This City flipping brilliant absolutely mm. brilliant and I've still yet to... to start Stranger Things I was just going to say I've got two on my hit list I'm, I'm frantically trying to avoid Stranger Things 
uh spoilers because i haven't seen that yet I'm, I'm waiting to watch it with someone and i what's the other one um the staircase which um i saw the original netflix um sort of uh in, documentary, documentary yeah. yeah which was fascinating i hadn't i didn't know anything about the case and that was really interesting so now i'm quite intrigued to see what the dramatization is like uh but yeah plenty of things going on there and finally music wise anything i mean i know we've probably got quite different tastes but music's kind of died for me for for a while now i just listen I to the classics the, i said the same thing like i very rarely like if i listen to music it's just the like old stuff but even like yeah. I'm going to and from work or going out, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Like yeah, a lot yeah. of lot of podcasts. If you want something lighthearted, there's this podcast called Shits and Giggles. These two guys, they are flipping hilarious. They just talk about random, it's basically random stuff they talk about. But the other, I was on the train the other day and they were talking about something and I laughed out loud on the train. I forgot where I was <laughs> for, for a hot second. So yeah, like obviously sometimes you need a little break from football, especially like if Arsenal lose, I don't want to hear like loads no. and loads of Arsenal podcasts talk about how bad we was because after it gets you down, sometimes you just need something lighthearted. So yeah, Chips and Giggles, that's a really good podcast to listen to. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm much the same. Plenty of podcasts, plenty of old school music or depends really. If I'm running, then I might need something a bit more upbeat. But I tend to, a lot of 80s right now. I'm, I'm really going back to my uh, my old school roots of 80s and, and a bit of 90s cheese just for the giggles. But yeah, yeah it's all good fun. And uh, um, yeah, as far as the, um, as far as the sort of summer plans go, anything you've got coming up at all? Do you know what? In This is really weird. In July... Every single weekend, I've got something happening. Every single weekend, I've thought to myself, I've got no time for myself. I'm going out, I've got barbecues, I've got a wedding, I've got parties. I'm going to Arsenal, Seville. Um, I'm going to meet Femi in the hospitality place because I finally got Femi to just splash the money, Femi. Fuck it. Don't worry about your gas bill. Like, let the kids go cold. <laughs> yeah, like Femi's had a bad time because he's had to buy he's had to buy our um, hospitality tickets to watch Arsenal versus Seville, and he's also had to buy frozen tickets for his daughter. So uh, yeah, um, sorry Fem, like, sorry it had to be you, but it is where it is, isn't it? But yeah, hopefully, do you know what? This summer, I just want to enjoy it, go out, let Arsenal ruin my. Um, I should be watching. We should be watching the World Cup now, shouldn't we, Chris? Like right now, yeah. you like, we should be watching a game of World Cup. But it's going to be in. Just want to touch very, very, very quickly on that. Don't you think it's the most fucked up thing that the World Cup is in November? Yeah, yeah totally. I, I can't. I can't get my head around it at all. I, I. I can't even think about how it's going to be. And you know, it, it one one thing that you're going to see this season, all of the leagues across Europe, uh, you know, I know there's the running gag of, oh, league goes a farmer's league. Put money on it. Every league across Europe this year will be a farmer's league because these players are going to be buggered. They're just, they're, it's only, it's inevitable. Players are going to get, that's why I'm wondering if a lot of clubs are actually going to structure their business around the World Cup this year and bring in extra players because, you know, star players are going to burn out. It, it's going to be mental. And it's not, it's not just the fact that you've got to work up in the middle of the season. There's all the travel, there's the, the you know the change of managers when they go from their clubs to their national teams. There's all the press that they're going to have to do. You know all the and and don't forget of course you know, how England or France or Spain, however they train, will be very different to how Arsenal train. You know that diff, just so many different things. There's going to be so many. Dom is probably the best person to ask about this if you tweet him about it. But the amount of soft tissue injuries you you're going to going to expect this this summer. Um, leading into next season already is going to be high with the Nations League games we just had, but then leading into a World Cup, it's going to be nuts. And then based upon those two games that I didn't watch either of them, I have to stress, but congratulations, Australia and uh, Costa Rica. But um, they were not classics, were they? Those those uh, playoff games that they played in in Dubai uh, with the, the, the fake um, air conditioning. So, uh, and, and, and that's without even mentioning the fact of the humanity humanitarian laws over there. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to pigeonhole England fans. I know we're not the best uh, behaved, but any fan that goes over there and misbehaves, whether it's drinking yeah. too much <laughs> yeah. or, you know, you, you, you're not going to come home. So just please, for God's sake, either don't go or be safe because, you know, I dread to think and, and not, 
I dread to think what's going to happen. I dread to think more what you're not going to hear happens because there will be a lot covered up at this World Cup, mark my words. And that's, oh, uh, yeah. that's a scary thought. Um, yeah. But, people, trust me. but you're right. You're absolutely right. It's going to be nuts. Uh, right. We've got about seven minutes to take some questions. Um, have you seen anything in the chat box uh, that has caught your eye? We'll just do quick fire answers on these. If you've got anything, chuck it our uh, way and we'll uh, we'll splice these in. I will scroll up. I did see a few. Uh, oh, there's one from Phil really... straight away. Uh, and he asked about what, what do we do with Torreira? Um, we need to send him back. We need to send him back. We're not sending him for the price. So we agreed a price with Florentina, didn't we? 14 million. Mm. And they tried to lowball us and come in with a bid of 7 million. Fuck off. Fuck <laughs> no. Yeah. I would rather keep him. I genuinely would rather keep him than selling that for that price. Like mm. the problem is around Europe, teams do not have money. No. So there's money in the Premier League, but there's no money anywhere else. Like you think if I know Barcelona are in an absolutely dire straight, but if Barcelona can't afford um, certain players and they have to they have to make 500 million what does I say for the rest of La Liga who mm. you know Barcelona and Real are the I mean Real have splashed some fucking money this season haven't they They're, that's a team that could potentially um, go all the way I mean you know they've done brilliantly last season but this season coming up geez like their midfield is looking rather rather mm. sexy and even saying that I mean I know they've got um, the guy I just bought from France, um, from Monaco. Um, oh, sure, sure, many, yeah. Yeah, and then they've got um, Cruz, who I think could possibly leave uh, mm. this season. They've also got Modric, um, Modric and also, what's the other guy Val- from France? Valverde. Valverde, I know, the young guy from France, that guy. Uh, oh, Camavinga. Camavinga. That mm. midfield is looking very nice. You know, does Tony Cruz even... I know he started with Champions League final, but does he get into that team anymore? I mean, how how much longer can you make Camavinga a substitute? Mm. Um, I think how, you see this is the summer where... or well, this is the season where they start they start to move from one to the other. I think that's... I think Mod- Modric and Cruz will still get minutes because they're still... Even at their age, they're still two of the best in Europe. But you'll see... I mean, Shurmany is a baller. Like he's a really class young player, and Shurmany and Camavinga is probably the future of Real Madrid. Um, and of course, Danny Ceballos, who's he's started Champions to League winner. Absolutely, Fucking yeah, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. Maybe we should go and pick up Gareth Bale just for shits and giggles for for a season. That'd be funny, wouldn't it? But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean he'll I'm, get a club, won't he? He won't. Oh, obviously, yeah. he'll play for probably like. He doesn't. Need he, the money. he needs to play, doesn't he? I right. think the Welsh manager said said as much. He needs to keep himself, you know, not just you know anyone can run around their garden all summer and and do a couple of runs up and down the park, but he needs to be match fit, doesn't he? And uh, I, I do, I do wonder. I I could see him go into one of the promotion promoted clubs. I can I can imagine him at like a Bournemouth, um, but then is he a big enough name for like a Newcastle? I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I don't think. I don't think. Nick, I mean. Let's face it, you're talking about him going for one season. Gareth Bell, he's only the only reason why he hasn't retired from football because he wants to play in the World Cup. That should tell you everything you need to know about Gareth Bell. Yeah. Um, that he's not really he just like how hey, you use Spurs as a training camp. Um <laughs> he's gonna do the same for whatever club he goes to. So for me, you don't really no club a Newcastle, they're looking to, you know bigger and better things, I think. So, yeah, definitely. Oh, one thing I want to ask you about, Chris, is uh, Reese Nelson. We haven't really spoken mm. about him very quickly. Um, mm. What do you do with Reese Nelson? Do you, do you keep him? Uh, do you I sell think, him? I think he's beyond think the he's, loan, so I think he's personally... Yeah, I think, I think he's fodder. I think he falls into the Maitland-Niles category of fodder, unfortunately. Like, I, I like him as a player and... and like you said about Pepe, sometimes a player is just there too long. Um, and I felt like he probably should have gone on loan when he had the opportunity before. The only thing that makes me wonder about him is there is suspicion or, or there is some some suspicion that we're going to loan out uh, kiddo Taylor Hart to Birmingham, who's up and coming. Um, and we've got this other young, we've got Miguel Aziz. And who's the other young winger that they're excited about? Uh, I've forgotten his name now. Um, and we've got Charlie Patino. There's a few of those. And I wonder, are they 
if they keep them around, is there room for Reese Nelson? Like if they go on loan, sorry, is there room for Reese Nelson? But for me, I I think he's got to be fodder now. You know, if, if Feyenoord offer eight to ten mil or someone of that that ilk, surely he goes. I think. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. You can't get another loan. I think it's time for him to actually leave, just like with Maitland Niles. It's time for Maitland Niles to actually leave. Yeah. Too much loans now. As as a as a famous man once said, it's time to go. Indeed, uh, indeed, indeed. Rest well, Claude. Rest well. Right. Um, we're going to wrap it up there then, because uh, as I said, I made a promise and I'm sticking to it technically, although Danny's put one minute to go. We've actually got one minute and 23 seconds left. But uh, I said an hour and I meant an hour. Um, just one very quick oh, shout out on behalf of myself, actually, um, because I promised him I would do this. Um, there's a chap who I've got chatting to on Strava, actually, which is a, a running app for those who don't know. Um, and uh, he popped up on my Strava. I got a na- random notification. I was like, who? I don't even know who that is. Um, and uh, he messaged me. He said, yeah, I'm a big fan of ABW um, and I just don't have social media. Uh, his name is Paul, Paul Turner. So, Paul, if you watch him, uh, I promise to give you a shout out and I'm going to do that. Thank you very much for the, the kind uh, kudos that you give me on, on my runs. And with that in mind, one very cheap plug. Um, over the course of June, um, I am running a challenge, um, which I'm all, I've almost already completed, which is kind of nuts, really. But um, those of you who know me well, or maybe don't, I don't know. Uh, I had two cats um, until recently. Uh, unfortunately, I lost both of them um, just due to old age and an illness. Unfortunately, it's kind of sad. Uh, I miss them greatly, uh, Bob and Tom. But um they are no longer with me so i wanted to do something to give back to people who do help out um you know domestic cats uh, pets if you will um so i took on a challenge for cats protection um which is a charity based in the uk who raise money basically thank you danny uh that'll be my stopwatch um but yeah i wanted to raise money uh, or try to raise some money just to help out with people um, that were giving some uh, support to animals in need, basically. So I'm running a challenge. Um, this is my my beautiful yellow shirt that I got from Cats Protection, just to prove that I am actually doing it. Um, and there's my Instagram handle on there. If you want to uh, contribute, as I say, this is not a beg. It's entirely uh, up to you. If you've got a spare couple of quid, I think it's a fiver minimum. I may be wrong. If you go to my Instagram page, uh, she's the same as the one you see on screen now, Casey underscore runs. Uh, I do have it on Facebook, but I never use Facebook. So on my Instagram page, you can donate if you wish. Um, if you don't want to, that's absolutely fine. I've already made £100, which was my target, which is amazing. Um, but any more that I can raise, fantastic. I've completed 100K, 100K this month already, and 126K is the total I need to do. So barring, the, barring my legs not falling off, I should be able to achieve it. So um, thank you very much for allowing me the time to say that that's all from me uh Carl, thank you very much for being a the guinea pig and uh b being a fantastic guest as always i feel we've uh, we've achieved a lot in an hour amazing isn't it more than Ellis has achieved in his whole entire life apart from having uh, a baby but obviously 50 percent of that was for Silla, so you know <laughs> you can't take all the credit um just a quick plug for everyone if you're listening on uh, YouTube, give us a, a thumbs up. If you're listening on um, Apple Podcasts, please like and leave a nice comment. If you're listening on Spotify, please like as well. Uh, we're trying to grow this podcast, so please, please, please leave a nice comment, like us, uh, give us a thumbs up on YouTube, all that jazz. Um, and you will hear from us. Well, Danny, if he's not a lazy shit, moaning about, you know, he doesn't want to come on. Uh, John, we're going to have more content next season. We haven't had our annual meeting, have we, Chris? That's a talk no, about no, Danny Tamona to say, you guys need to be available more next season, blah, blah, blah. The ABWAGM. <laughs> yeah, literally, that's what it is, isn't it? Like, <laughs> it is. Oh, my gosh. But, yes, um, hopefully, hopefully the next time we speak, we will have a signing to talk about. Yes, uh, emergency podcast. I wonder, I wonder what... <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what his chant's going to be, like the Vieira like, chant. Okay, so if only we had something that would work for that. We'll have to. We'll have to have a board meeting on that as well. Like, where does it come? From, where does it come from again? Ah, uh, Salisbury. No, no, I don't know. The only thing I can guarantee you is that Adidas will make some sick merch for him. So that's that's good. Say what? That, <laughs> if he if it's Vieira at number four, that oh. shirt will sell out 
Oh, <laughs> the market, right. oh, the marketing on it. Oh my goodness me. It was a uh, and we got through a whole pub we got through a whole podcast and didn't even mention William Saliba. My God, it's a miracle. Right. Uh, that's it for us then. Um, my Instagram is on the screen, by the way, if you didn't hear me rambling on about it or if you're on the youtube video you can see it there thank you danny uh but yes thank you carl and uh, this has been abw or an hour with abw as we have affectionately named it um i will probably do a few more of these over the summer um guests could be anyone it might be somebody to do with football it might be somebody to do absolutely nothing with football but hopefully it'll keep you entertained over the summer so as phil as phil says no i'm looking at phil's name as carl said if you did like it Give us a thumbs up. Uh, do share it with your friends and if you've got any. And if not, just go and badger someone on the street. We don't care. Thank you very much to the chats for being here. Thank you very much for Danny for pressing the buttons. Especially thank you to Carl. And that is it. Many thanks. And we'll talk to you very soon. I, yes. I, 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 also, fuck Danny because I'm pressing the buttons today. So Danny's not the only one who can press buttons. Fucking <laughs> shit. Right. Take care, everyone. Thanks, Chris. See you later. Cheers now. <laughs>